And there it goes. Yay. Talk. Talk to me. Talk, 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 talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay, good. I'm glad <laughs> that passed the test. Okay, so how are you doing this week, Yvonne? Uh um uh I'm ecstatic. I am tingling. Oh no, not the tingles again. Yeah, it's tingling. I know. Tingling's back. Male beauty can elicit madness. Look no further than Johnny Depp for proof. What the hell does that even mean? What does that mean? Nothing means anything. Let's see. Um, okay, it's clearly this last one. That's it. Okay. Uh, okay, ready to go, Mr. Bo? Okay, here we go. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, June 17th, 2022. As I like cough up phlegm, it is just after 2 UTC as we're starting to record. I am Sam Minter and Yvonne Bo is here. Hello, Yvonne. Mute button. Mute button. Hit the mute button. Fuck again, Jesus Christ, stupid thing. (laughs) Can you clear out your fucking like thing before you start yapping into the microphone well you should do one of those like uh don't the opera singers and all these people do this thing where they take yeah yeah well you know the second i hit the button to start i didn't feel like there was anything to clear and then like (laughs) as soon as i started talking it's like lem just started erupting like a volcano Well, it was like I was losing my voice, and then I had to clear it. I don't know. I don't know. We are, as usual, like the the epitome of professionalism here at Convergence Corner. Yes. So it seems to be incorporated, apparently. As you can tell, as I cough up hairballs. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. See, Yvonne mentioned the soon-to-be-incorporated, because apparently (laughs) my, my son, while we were, like, driving him home from school the other day, borrows my phone... And then a couple minutes later is like, should it be a corporation or an LLC? And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's apparently deciding to take Abelsmay Productions, which is a name I just gave to put on everything that I create on the web, like years and years and years ago, for no real purpose. It was just—it's actually. Way back at the beginning where I was doing a couple things where I was freelancing and building websites for a couple people, I just used that name for that purpose. But like, oh my God, I forgot that you used to do that. Like, Jesus, what was like 20 years ago? More than that. More than that. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I forgot about that. I I didn't do it for very long and I can't say I was very good. It was the very, very early days of the web. Right. Exactly. I mean, at that time (laughs) what you were doing was, you know, more than adequate for what people were looking yeah i know? mean if you look at any of it today it's absolutely embarrassing okay but in any case well. um but my son was sitting in the back seat trying to like incorporate me 
you know, I mean, I have to, I have to say that I, oh, now I go. <coughs> very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we're doing great so far. I was um, quite impressed with him. <laughs> very forward thinking. And then you after, know, very after business. Yes, Whoa. and then after Yvonne told him that LLC would be the appropriate way to go, he continued filling out the forms online, and he got to the point where he's like... Now, yeah. let's be clear. Yeah. He refused to ask me. You yes. wound up having to ask... He he asked you the question. You said, yep. listen, you gotta ask... Uh, ask. He's gotta ask me. Yep. And he refused, and then Sam asked me, and I... You know, answer the question. Yes, correct. Right. And then, uh, and and then, so yeah, he got, he got to the point where it was asking like which of several options I wanted to take that cost different amounts of money, and I'm like, one of them was ninety nine bucks, the other one was one hundred ninety nine, whatever, what whatever it was, um, and I'm like, no, give me back my phone. <laughs> At that point, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're not incorporated. We are not incorporated yet. Uh, anyway, um. I, I I was about to say something, but that came up, and I've, now it's gone. This is a theme we've had over the last uh, few. Anyway, what, the agenda- we can't remember anything. Listen, this is what happens when we turn over fifty years old. Look, I, I we can't remember shit anymore. <laughs> I never I, could remember shit, but well, yeah. that's true. Okay, I, I I guess I used to be able to remember it better, but now I'm str- now I'm I'm I'm, I'm slow. De- I mean, I my. My recall is there, but it's it's a little bit delayed. I, I have to admit, like today, like my buddy from high school, Javier, posted a picture on on Facebook for something that we did back in 1989, 88, I guess. And he couldn't remember the name of the actor. And I only remembered his last name. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I only remembered his last name. So I'm, I'm slacking. I mean, it took me a little bit to find his there, the guy's first name. There you go. So I, I just, a couple things. First of all, before I forget this, the agenda, we're going to do our butt first segment, which we're smack dab in the middle bullshitting about right now. Um, and then we are going to do a segment on the latest from the January 6th committee and see, I got the January right. And I got the six right this time. Right. Right. Whereas you know, last I, yeah. week there was January 9th. Ninth. And there then was I June went to June 6th. Yep. And so we're all over the place, but January 6th, we'll talk about that. Um, and then assuming we finish that before we decide we're just done, we will do a potpourri round where Yvonne and I will alternate a couple smaller topics. Um, and it, again, no promising anything, but I feel like unlike last week, we won't need to take like a whole hour on the January 6th stuff. So we might actually get to that. We'll see. We'll see. No promises. But I did want to say, and this is, I guess it could be by my, by my butt first, but uh, it wasn't intended to be. I just wanted to say, I also, we got feedback. Oh, we got uh, feedback. Yay! Well, th- th- this was from our Slack, so you've seen it. Um, uh, our listener, Bob, uh-huh. uh, in responding to last week's show, mm-hmm. just started ranting about the beep that I have again. Oh, yes! And that I should turn off the goddamn beep. And that we've talked about this before. This is not just a smoke detector. This is like our alarm system slash internet system. A battery. Which has board. a battery backup on it. And the, the thing is, what, what's happened in the past is that like whenever we had a power outage, 
when it first came back after the power outage, the beep would be there saying there was a low battery on the and it's all charged back until it charged back up again. And it would you it would usually take like a day, maybe two days to charge back up after one of these power outages, but it would charge back up and then it would go away on its own. Well, over time, it's taken longer and longer for it to come back. Um, but this time, I swear it's probably been six months since our last power outage, maybe three, but three to six months since our last power outage. And it has not yet recovered. And Bob has had, had it with us. Yes. And like, at this point, like I, I honestly, I don't notice it anymore. Like my brain has tuned it out. I have to actively pay attention to notice that it's still there. So I'd sort of forgotten. I, I responded to Bob saying, Oh, is that still there? I had no idea. Um, but like Bob is like, look, you can, first of all, the battery packs, these things have, it's, it's obviously shot. It's not recharging properly. You you need to replace the battery. You can order them online. Just pick it, get the, get the thing in your hand. Look at what model number it is. Order the freaking battery and fix it. And in the meantime, just unplug the battery. It'll shut up. Okay. And I'm not sure if it'll really shut up or if it'll complain that it has no battery backup at all. I haven't tried it yet. But about a half hour before we were to record the show, I was like, you know, I'll go to the garage and check this out and see if I can, you know, unplug it like Bob said. And? Well, and I thought this would be the case, but I thought maybe I could figure out a way around it. But to get to the place where the thing is on the wall of the garage... I would probably have to spend half an hour to an hour just moving shit out of the way so I could get to it. Oh, fuck me. Now, <laughs> and, and I don't mind moving the stuff, but I only had half an hour till the podcast was supposed to start recording. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I would have waited. You would have told me, okay, it's going to take me a few more minutes. I'm like, okay, fine. Sold. Deal. <laughs> well, you know. I also want to do this on like a dry day because I have to move it out of the garage and then move it back in or move it or rearrange things. Like what what it really needs is like I, I do this once or twice a year where I will empty half my garage into my driveway and then move it back in but organized better for what I need to get to at the moment. Um, and that's what it really needs. But in order to do that properly, you need a nice sunny day where the ground isn't wet and all this kind of stuff. And it's been raining lately, so it wouldn't be a great date for that. Now, I, what I was hoping was it was set up so that I would be able to just climb over the stuff that was there to get to it. Cause I've done that in the past, but what is currently in the way of getting it is very spiky. Lots of like sharp pointy oh, things. So I'm not going to climb which is, over. Uh, which is, by the way, why? I, because I do like uh, cleaning up stuff, which is why uh-huh. I have relished the opportunity <laughs> of just being able to just. I mean, I would. The literally, I'd be looking at it, looking at it. What's this? Is it useful? God, no, God. Uh-huh. Uh, you know the 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 the, the you know the, the Holloway people would be like, just this out of here, you know. Like uh, trucks would be leaving. Trucks. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you the other thing. Um, I would enjoy it. The shit out of it, which is the good thing. Is he? That's the reason why I want to do it because I would enjoy the shit out of this. 
Yeah, see, that would, I actually enjoy the reshuffling and reorganizing and stuff, but actually getting rid of stuff is painful for me. So I, I, you know, we're not as good about that. Although I have gotten better at it. I'm, there's a lot of stuff I am ready to get rid of now that 10 years ago I would not have been. But uh, of course it still requires actually taking the time to do it, which is probably. Hey, but hey, 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 there's progress here. Progress. It's progress. So, you know, in any case, the the other thing is today for the first time in like a month, the, the person who we hire to come help with that kind of crap around our house uh, was able to come in because, because we all had COVID. Oh yeah. So like the place, the whole place got so much worse and it's already bad to begin with. Like we cannot pay this woman enough to actually keep up with the mess we make, but like the, the, (laughs) but Going a month without her, it was just, it was. Yeah, it, I, yeah. It, I could, I could imagine. Yeah. It was so much worse than even normally. Uh, and she was here for the first time and was like here for like six hours or something and made a dent and stuff. It's like, if she actually comes in every week, like we have her like scheduled normally every Thursday, if she's actually coming in every week, we're actually making slight progress towards becoming better. Like she can, you know, she can the, almost the, keep up with us. The cleaning lady that I have, which comes weekly here, she's come here for years. I've had her, I don't know, it must be four or five years. I know I pay way over market for, for her coming here. But the main reason I do that is because she is even way more anal than I am, <laughs> which is to me is just glorious. Okay, all right, because she will she will find that my underwear drawer got disorganized and fold all the underwear. Right. You know, I mean, she will go and figure out that this part got cluttered, all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's neatly stacked and organized and the garbage got got rid of. Yeah, see this Which this- to me is like it's just music to my ears. I come and she's done this and I'm just like, oh, this is the whole thing with the person we hired like and her name is leslie by the way uh and if leslie if you happen to be listening i don't think you will but if you happen to be listening we sing your praises constantly the whole thing is we did not hire like there's so many services you can hire to just do like standard like dusting vacuuming yeah that's not good enough for you guys no 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 no, no. we, we she 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 advertises herself as an organizer Okay. okay. She's not a cleaning lady. She's an organizer. And so she helps come in and like, she puts up with all of our shit. Like, uh, you know, uh, she's it, an angel. I mean, you know, it, look, it's like, I mean, it, it's, it's like things are scattered and, all and over there the is floor. Literal, she puts them and, away, you know, and there, and let's be clear. There is literal shit sometimes to deal with. Well, yes, uh, we, we, we have, we, our older dog is incontinent, Right. And is, you know, so well, when you say putting up with your shit in this case, it's not just a metaphor. It's yeah, well, sometimes it's real. Yeah. I mean, our, our, yes, there, there, there is, we have a problem with dog waste because we've got an older dog or yeah, an elderly dog, more than older, an elderly, like crotchety old dog with control issues yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's an old and, dog. and you guys like uh, like him and, uh, we're, you know we're, you're, we're, we're putting not, up with this we're we're putting up with it until you know yeah. the time no, comes. i get it i get and, it and 
And so it's a, it's a constant struggle with that. And so, yeah, we actually have had an agreement with her when she first came on that like, she didn't have to deal with the dog stuff, point the point to the dog stuff. And we, we will deal with it if she finds any, which she does. Um, cause we try, but sometimes they hide it in like little corners and things. But, um, anyway, but she, she's, she's a saint. She, she's able to do things so much faster than we are able to, and we don't have time and we've got multiple people with ADHD in the house that just help scatter things everywhere. Everybody else is busy running all the time. It's, it's, it's a disaster and it is absolutely critical that we have some, somebody like her. And, And, you know, we had like almost two years of the pandemic where we didn't have her come in. And then she had some personal issues and had to go like back home to Montana for a few months. And then we had COVID and, you know, so she had just started coming back and then we got COVID and then, but not uh, anyway. So all, all of that. And I, I, I just, and so I just want to, you know, it's good to have her back. It's good. Like eventually like, if we ever get the inside of the house under control, she helps with the garage too. She made like a huge amount of progress in the garage a while back, you know? So it, 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 because we suck at this, we, we just are horrible at this. We recognize we're horrible at, at this. And so, you know, I, a, a number of years back, we found this lady and we're like, just name your fucking price. <laughs> you know, basically we need help. Hands up. We need help. So anyway, well, well, I was going to talk about a movie, but since I did that that rant, I guess I've, I've done my butt first. I'll save the movie for another day. Okay. Well, I'll talk about what the one thing that I forgot to talk about uh, last week. Uh, oh, and I, I will I will eventually make my way to that box in the garage to try to do the battery thing, but eventually might be 10 years. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Let, let, let's. Let, let, how about next time that lady comes over, you tell her to help you with that. <laughs> make a note to yourself. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Go ahead. Oh, anyway. Uh, well, I um, I had forgot Two things happened this week. One is I had to go to the office like every day this week. We had a kickoff. Week, wow. And I wound up going uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Now, our office is closing officially in August. Uh, so I'm wondering how we're going to do a kickoff meeting next time for people that are located uh, here in South Florida because they're closing the South Florida office. So basically, you know, I, I see a whole bunch of people even even looking at, you know, Elon Musk. Everybody's got to be in the office. Steve Ross, whatever. Our CEO is like, fuck that, whatever. Oh, well, we're going to save millions. Get, stay the fuck away. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, fine. <laughs> so, you know, no, not, none of us, he won't get any argument from any of us. But uh, the one thing about being in the office, I will say, uh, uh, was like, God, I had to wake up so early to get there yesterday. I mean, I had to mm. wake up at five in the morning. Yep. And to to be there because we had to be there by eight. And I picked up somebody to give a ride to go to on the way to the office. And I mean, I could, you know, I could really live without doing that. I, I don't want to go back to ever doing that again. I don't see how anybody who has a non-trivial commute who has now had a significant amount of experience with not having that commute is going to be happy with doing it again. I used to do that commute. I mean, it was, I'm going to say 14 to 15 years ago, but even Mm. back then, as I worked at HP, I didn't have to be 
HB was very good on high on working on your own time. We we were able to work remote. So I came and I didn't go in every day of the week. I maybe went in like three days a week. Okay. Uh, for sometimes if there was something going on, maybe all five days, but yeah, I, 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 I never had to go every day. Okay. Uh, I, I had a lot of flexibility even back then. Uh, but I, I, I went regularly up until like, I'm going to say, I think it was around 2007 around there. Um, and so, but the, the last 15 years, I, I did spend a couple of years that I did in a different job where I did have to commute. But thankfully, the commute was a lot shorter. The office is relatively close. Mm-hmm. It, it took no more than half an hour, really, on a regular basis. So that wasn't too bad, uh, I, I must admit. That If I would say if the commute was like 10 minutes, it's like near here, I'm like, I, I can do that. that. That's fine, okay? Uh, but yeah, but an yeah. hour plus drive is just 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 no no yeah I mean like I, I if it ten minutes I mean who can who can really complain about ten minutes no, right? no but like you know my when I was going into the office at my current location if if I would go outside of rush hour just at a normal time of day I could probably do it in half an hour or maybe it's slightly more than half an hour. Uh, maybe in the middle of the night, I could even get under half an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't usually get to go when there's no right. traffic. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. and what it ended up being is so incredibly variable based on when I really needed to be in the office. And if I had like an eight or 9am meeting, then it was just brutal because yeah. you, you had to allow for the fact that you might get there in 45 minutes, but cool. it might take two hours. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it it would all depend and like you can't plan on the best case scenario, you know, if it is something you really have to be at. And so you have to allow all kinds of extra freaking time. And then, you know, for that, if you have an 8 a.m. meeting and you have to leave at 630 in the morning and you need to take a shower and stuff before you go, then you have to get up at 530 or six. And and at that point, it's like, oh, my fucking God, Miami people. Is a customer especially were very good at never putting in early meetings because the traffic could be so brutal. <laughs> I, mean, I thought you, you were going to say they have... don't take showers. No, no, no. They they just would never have said, "Hey, let's meet at the customer at eight thirty in the morning." No, never. No, no, no. Always like past ten. There's no no, no way we we meet that early. Thankfully, but yeah, anyway, no... but that wasn't like my 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 main point. My main yeah. thing. I just wanted to throw it out that this week I had to do that. And, and it was just, it was exhausting. Okay. All right. I got to admit, I'm, 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 I'm you know, uh, thank God, you know, that, that that's over. Uh, but, uh, but last, the other weekend, okay. I forgot to mention, I went yeah. to Epcot and at Epcot, they opened a brand new ride called Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yep. I don't know if you've watched a movie. I, have I know actually I have seen that movie. You have seen Believe it or not, I have seen that movie. Do or, you give it up? Okay, quick review. Do you, thumbs God, up? I'm trying to remember when I saw it or if I saw the whole thing straight through. I think I did. I, I uh, Thumbs up. It's it's like a typical sort of Marvel superhero-ish movie with a bit of comedy and stuff. So it's like nothing too deep, but fun. You okay, know, that so kind, that kind so of movie. I have not watched a movie, but I went on the ride. Yeah. Um. Yes, it seems like it's you know outer spacey and and, and tries to be funny. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. of the whole thing. Um. Uh, the ride. Uh. Is 
you know, Disney did a very elaborate thing here. Okay. Uh, in terms of the entrance and like, oh my God, they've got this thing with the, at the entrance where you see the galaxy that they're supposed to be in, whatever. And it's like uh, projected on the ceiling in this vault. It, it, this vault is like, super cool. And then they have these holographic maps of Xandar, which is the planet that they're supposed mm-hmm. to be in, whatever, whatnot, which are really cool. And they do this whole thing, which is great. So the thing is, that I knew it was a roller coaster because I read it was a roller coaster. I just had no idea how intense could the roller coaster be. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, look. Let me tell you. Intense. It, that was, that is, I can't remember the last time. I don't. That that is the most intense roller coaster I've been on, hmm. uh, and I took Manu on that. Okay, <laughs> how did that uh, go over? Uh, well, that's uh, here. Let me explain first what makes it the intensity. the 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 cars go uh, when the cars leave. They the cars can rotate. 360 degrees independently of all the other cars on the on your little roller coaster train. Okay. And the roller coaster will pull three G's. Okay. <laughs> okay. And yeah. spin. Mm-hmm. Um and when you start, you actually accelerate backwards. Nice. Uh, which I thought my glasses were gonna fall off. Uh, so that scared me for a second. Now I'm like, oh shit, I can't lose these. Now we're sit, we're seated side by side. It, it's dark. They have the music, the effects and everything of this thing. Look, that is, it, listen, the work that went into making this a successful ride uh-huh. is amazing. Okay. I mean, there, there is, I mean, no other word outside of amazing can describe how the hell they pulled this off? Okay, in between, you know the the holograms that they displayed, the stuff or whatever about the movie, the music soundtrack, uh-huh. the way that the damn vehicles just were able to speed through at full speed and rotate at the same time in any <laughs> damn direction they wanted. Okay, was incredible. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I was worried about Manu, whether he was going to be scared, because I never put I've put him on intense rides, but uh-huh. that's the most intense thing I've put him on, period. Okay. Um, but he liked it! Well, he was, ac- excellent! I mean, he got off, and I saw him, and he was happy beyond all hell, and I'm like, ah, oh, thank God, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I just thought, I think that I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, because I couldn't really tell if he was having fun or not. And I was just worried the whole damn way (laughs) that I'm like, what the hell have I done to him? I'm like, Oh shit. And then I realized he had a blast and look, my fear is not unfounded. When I got off the Sorry about that. The hiccup. Jeez. Nice. You know, we're, we're, we're falling apart here, folks. Thank you. (laughs) Um, when I got off the ride, there were two kids crying their eyes out and these were teenagers anybody throwing up i did not see anybody throwing up but there were two sitting down and crying their crying their eyes out with her with her parents like uh trying to console yeah i am sure that there had to be some at some point 
that must have thrown up. There is I, just no way. I that remember that did not on happen. two separate occasions. Once with my little sister, I say little, but she's like over, over 30 now. Well, but, yeah, well, now, but now, but um, uh, my, once with my little sister when she was actually little and once with Alex when he was a lot smaller, uh, taking them on rides that they were not ready for. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and, and like with with my sister, it was like a roller coaster. It was like her first roller coaster ever. And Jesus. it terrified her. And she was like, I am never riding a roller coaster in my life ever again. You know? Now and, I will say and, that. And and when like- I and my my son, uh my myself, my daughter, and my son went on this ride that was actually like not that dramatic. It was just one that went in a circle and went up and down, but it went fast. And Alex was so unhappy. He he was terrified. And we've actually got a video somewhere of that. And his face goes from excited to be on the ride to like absolute horror over the course of a few seconds as it starts. It's actually kind of funny. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, anyway. uh, Yeah. And I will say the other the other thing I was going to say, first of all, I verified I did watch Guardians of the Galaxy on January 1st, 2018. So it's not that long. Okay. Okay. So January 1st, 2018. I probably even reviewed it on this show. I don't know. Um, but the, uh, the, I was going to say the, the one, the one ride you're talking about intense ride. Like I do not want to ever ride that. And of course I have to tell the story that, um, Oh, yes. the, of the zipper. Yes. Uh, some of you who have listened to this show for a long time <laughs> may have heard this before, Yes. but I had, I had traveled cross country to meet a girl. It's halfway, uh, halfway, across. halfway across the country from the East coast to Chicago, to be more precise. I traveled across the country, uh, to, to meet this girl, Barb, we were going to have like a fun little weekend together and blah, blah, blah. And there were some good parts of the weekend and there were some bad parts. One particular, <laughs> one of the bad parts was that we decided to go to a fair yes. and you know, one of the rides was this thing called the zipper. And for those of you who don't know, it's one of these things where there's a there's one part that spins and then attached to that is another part that spins and attached to that is a third part that spins. So you're spinning in like three separate directions all at the same time. And anyway, so we got on this thing halfway through the ride. I started puking (laughs) all and, and not just puking to myself. There were people beneath us on the ride screaming because it was dripping down onto their heads. <laughs> I am pretty sure they stopped the ride early to let us off because here I am puking and puking and puking and there are people <laughs> below us going, because ah! it's dripping all over them. Uh, yeah, so. Hopefully you will never beat those people ever again. Yeah, we got the hell out of there as fast as we could afterwards. And obviously this, this, obviously I came off great to my date, right? That's exactly how you want to impress somebody, right? You know, listen, in all all fairness, (laughs) you know, you didn't turn, you didn't, it went pretty well with her in general, even when this stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it was, it was fine. We remained friends for years after this, blah, blah, blah. But, but this was sort of the, 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 the highlight of the weekend. Well, there were a couple, but this was one of the major, that was one of the highlights of the weekend. Yes. Yes. There was also an issue where like we went to a place with horses (laughs) and my asthma acted up and it was bad, but this was the more amusing of the two. 
Because, you know, you cannot well, beat, yes. you cannot beat, I am on a ride throwing up on the people below us and they are screaming. That's, that's pretty you hard to beat. You just can't beat that. No, it's pretty hard to beat, I will say. Uh, I, I will say that with Manu, I have put him on other rides of intensity and like started with some smaller, you know, slower intensity. And I have put him on some intense rides. Okay. You know, I mean. He gets on a test track at uh at uh you know at Disney, which is pretty intense itself. Uh so I had put him on some other roller coasters and rides. And so so I knew that that he could, you know, deal with an intense ride. It's just that this is listen, even the people that reviewed it, I saw that this is one of the most intense rides ever. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's the thing that I was just like, sure, I was ready for intense, just not the most intense ever. Gotcha. Um, so uh but 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 everything checked out well, thank God we good, good, good. I'm fine. glad everyone had fun. We had fun, it was it was it was fun, and you know. Now I will say that that ride is very popular right now. We didn't have to make a long line, but the way that they handle is they do these virtual queues on your app and they release spots like at 7 a.m. on the day and at one o'clock. And okay. I locked out and I went into the app like right around when they released spots and was able to get on the virtual queue. However, it was one o'clock that I logged onto the virtual queue. It gave me a spot originally set at 8.59 p.m. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, now we had a lot of stuff to do. Okay. So I was like, well, we're going to do all the other stuff first. And then, you know, the last thing we do, because the park closed right at nine, was we'll do this. Okay. And actually, the queue time accelerated a little bit. So it told us to get there at 830. So we got on at 830 and so forth. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Let me just say something that is if uh, you're planning on visiting the Magic Kingdom, uh, Epcot, uh, it's worth the, I mean, if you like roller coasters, this will knock your socks off. It's an amazing ride. So very good. One other, one other thing I want to mention before closing off that I meant to mention when we were talking about the beep is I I want to once again, remind people like we talked about this a few months ago, but I have intentionally made a whole bunch of choices to sort of reduce the amount of time I have to spend getting this podcast together each week. So you will probably have noticed that you'll hear more background noises around me. You know, the, the dogs will be barking in the background more. There'll be, yeah, there'll be more places where like when I'm talking and Yvonne's talking and like maybe Yvonne laughs at the, the something weird comes with the sound or when we're talking over each other, it, it, it's a little muffled and weird. Um, and frankly, those are all kinds of things that I used to spend hours and hours fixing and making sure that I was recording in such a way that, I mean, I was never perfect, but I would like, if there were little blemishes or stuff, I'd try to edit around them or I'd like try to balance between the things or separate when we were talking over each other, or even when the dog is barking, pause and wait like however long it takes to, for the dog to stop. And then we start again and blah, 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 blah. Um, I've intentionally made a lot of choices 
like including we we have a new system we're now using the zencaster thing to record it does a lot of sort of processing and putting the things together automatically that i can do a little bit better by doing manually but if i do it manually it takes like two to three times as long for me to do it and i just needed that time back so like and and it's in all fairness it it comes out pretty good now the one thing is that because you used to have to do so be so artist artisanal 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 in doing it before well you would take the time and then do that now with the app it automates so much yeah. that it's like, eh, there, there, there are a few places where I notice every single week that, you know, it doesn't sound great in one spot or another or, or you know, and, and, you know, but again, I, I, I'm like, dude, I need that time. Could, yeah, could we're, I take- we're getting, we're getting back. We're, we're getting, uh, a, you know, pretty good quality, but with a lot less time. Like yeah. And, and so like, it, you know, I know there are some people who are absolute sticklers and like really care about that. And, and even I, like I said, I notice it, but at the same time I have to balance. I'm like, well, I, you know, I got, once we, once Apple's made productions is incorporated, well, well, there you go. That'll, that'll, solve that'll solve everything. it will solve everything. Right. But like, you know, there, there, I had got, I had gotten to the point, speaking. um, yeah, speaking of interruptions, I mean, somebody actually called. I mean, I thought you guys never called anybody. What the hell's that? I mean, your phone is actually ringing. I mean, that's, that's, you, you don't do that. Okay. I, yeah. It was, I, I don't know. My, my, my daughter was calling her me. I sent her to voicemail and I just texted her. It wasn't an emergency. Okay. Um, so, uh, in, in well, any case, emergencies. oh boy, Jesus. Yeah, so like the the places this new system has the most trouble is when we're talking over each other or when somebody is a little bit off center on the microphone like this and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't always handle that perfectly. And so, you know, anyway, the, the point is just I had gotten to the point where sometimes... I was taking 12 plus hours on the weekend to try to get to, to get the podcast out the door. Now it usually, unless there's something that really causes me to sort of do, do more of the old stuff that I used to do, like it really just didn't work and I have to backtrack and do the other way. Unless that's true. Uh, it basically like for the two hour podcast, I can, I can do the post-processing and editing in two to three hours as opposed to eight to 12. So like, you know, I, I apologize if the, the quality is a, a little bit less and there's more sort of you hear my chair messing around or whatever. Uh, fuck it. It's it's it, it, I need that time. I need my weekend for other things. And so there you go. If you're if your Patreon dollars ever get to the point where we can we can hire somebody else, then we can do that. But as long as oh, it's we'll just, do that. as long as it's just me doing it, I'm yes, I'm cutting corners left and right. Sorry. You know, and, and we welcome a massive Patreon contribution. <laughs> As always, yes. <laughs> I mean, we we will not reject it by any, you know, unless we find out that it was like, you know, you, you murdered somebody to give us the money. Well, then, okay, all right, we'll, we'll give that money back. Yeah, yeah. Do, do we want all the Luna that's worthless now? Then people can just I mean, we'll throw it our way. Luna. I mean, what the hell? I mean, you want to talk? You were the one asking about economy. Well, that's one thing that's you know, you know, all the cryptos are in the shitter right now. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Everything's going down. Fun, fun. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's take a break. Uh, and then we will come back and talk. What, what, what was it, Yvonne? June 9th? Uh, 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 yeah. June 9th. Yeah. The, the June 9th commission or, or whatever. Yes. 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 We studied the effects of the solar sun. The solar sun. Okay. Excellent. We, we will be back right after this. You're listening to this podcast. Do you like it? No! Do you want to support the show? No! Well, after you have subscribed to the show, followed us on Facebook, and told all your friends they should be listening to, what else can you do? I won't subscribe! You can help fund our Patreon at patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Patreon is a way you can throw us a few bucks a month to help out with the expenses of the show. You know, web hosting, equipment, a little bit of advertising to promote the show, and maybe every once in a while some much-needed sedatives for Yvonne. At different contribution levels, you can get a mention on the show, our Curmudgeon's Corner postcard, or even a Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Fun stuff. Not fun! In any case, the contributions help tell us that you enjoy and appreciate the show. I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner! Are we worth a buck a month? No! Five bucks a month? No! Or if you are nuts about us, maybe even more. If we're worth anything to you at all, send it our way at patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Alex hates. Really, really hates. Curmudgeons Corner! That's really mean, isn't it? I hate Curmudgeons Corner, but I really do! And we're back. And and just as an example, I don't know whether or not it will have done it this time, but in sometimes previously, like... As an example, like the editing th- stuff we use, the Zencaster thing, sometimes when it remodulates and levels everything, on that particular break took one of the times Alex said curmudgeon's corner and just makes it go grr, grr, or something like that. It's not like even a real word. And like the times that see? happened, I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to take the time to fix it. I'll maybe tweak some stuff to see if it works better next time. And if not, oh, well, you know, I don't know. Anyway. It's not a word. It's, it's not a word. Okay. It oh. should be. Should be. Should be. I'm going to call the Academy right now. <laughs> yeah. The, the Academy of words. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I say the Academy and I, and I, you know, I realized at the moment right after I said it, that, you know, in Spanish, there is a Royal Academy of mm-hmm. Spanish language. Okay. It yep. actually is the official arbiter of what the hell really is Spanish. Okay. Right. Um, and they they have a published dictionary. Uh, it's at uh, drae dot uh, dot es. Uh, so dictionary the, the Diccionario de la Real Academia Española. So, uh, so I do use it regularly, as you can tell, because I know that they have a URL. And it's any time that we're going to get to an argument about a word and whether it's a word, okay, that is recognized as a word. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, we, you know, uh, hang on, dra dot 
uh, org, is it? Uh, org, uh, uh, oh, God. Here we go. Uh, no, that's not it. DLE.DRA.ES. Nice. Because it's the Association... Asociación de Academias de la Lengua Española, the Association of the Academies of the Spanish Language, and it's the Royal Academy of Spanish. And yes, and, and they have a... So so I said that, and I'm like, yeah, but there is no such thing for English. No. Uh, plus equivalent is like, you know, what, the Oxford Dictionary that people yeah, use yeah. the reference, but but it's not, you know, it's not like this. But it, it is even, an authority. It, well, yeah, but even there, like, uh, the, like the Oxford Dictionary and a lot of others concentrate on like documenting how the language is actually used as opposed to prescribing how it should be. Right. Uh, no, and, it, exactly. There's a difference between them. Yeah. This prescribes how it should be. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, as speaking of quality, like one, one of the things that I used to spend time on is like, if you coughed while I was talking the way I used to do it, I could remove your cough nice and easily. Now, if I want to if I want to remove your cough, I have to backtrack to separate tracks and do a bunch of extra work to do that that I'm normally... So at this point, I'm just like, okay, he coughed. I am trying to to mute myself if I'm coughing. Oh, okay. Excellent. I, yeah, I, and I And I've tried a few times to like mute myself when stuff's going on here, but ah, anyway, anyway, enough, enough. January 6th. That's the correct date. January yes. 6th, 2021. Um, since our last show, they were supposed to have three sessions. One of them, they ended up delaying. They still had two sessions. They were both daytime sessions as opposed to prime time. And I will have to admit, unlike the first session where I made a point, even though I was interrupted when it was live of going back and listening to gavel to gavel and paying close attention, I did not do that with the other two. Um, I couldn't. You know, I mean, I, I, mean there, it was, it was I, I work hours. I, I, yes, it was work hours. And I I was in uh, a, a freaking meetings all day and stuff or whatever. And I just could I just could not. I, I mean, I forget the first one this week. I, like, I don't even remember what I was doing. I, I had it on, but I wasn't like 100% focused. Um and the second one, I'd actually blocked off a block of time from work to make sure I had no meetings, no anything else going on for the second one. But like when it was actually on, there was still like there, two things were going on. One, I was it was morning like because. Well, actually, the, the first one, I, I, I remember now the first one, they freaking scheduled it at 10 a.m. Eastern, which is 7 a.m. our time here. Okay. So 7 a.m. our time is when I'm starting to fight with my son to get him to school. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they were basically on from, I mean, I think they, they ended up starting a little bit late because they had this whole thing of like one person who was going to be there who ended up not being there and blah, blah, blah. Um, which maybe we'll talk about in a minute or maybe not. But the, the whole point was that the time during which they had it scheduled was the time of day where I have to, where, where I, I'm fighting with my son to get him to school, then I'm getting him to school. And then I'm like immediately after dropping him off, I'm like maybe grabbing a coffee or something and then coming home. And so like th there were other things like spinning around. And I sort of, I, I remember I had it on like 
my headset, like the audio as I was doing all these other things, but it, it was not getting my full attention. So I was operating on like, um, yeah. So, so mainly I listened to summaries afterwards, even though I had had it on live, I didn't absorb it while it was live. And in the second one, which was Thursday, um, you know, they, they thankfully put it a little bit later in the day. It was uh 1 PM Eastern 11 AM or not 11, 10 AM uh, Pacific. Um, and, this time, like when it was starting up, a I wasn't feeling great again. I was sort of had a little bit of a headache. I was tired, so I was having trouble concentrating anyway. Even though I'd blocked off the time, so I wouldn't have work stuff. But also, there was one work thing that was on my mind that I w- wanted to finish up, and so I kept trying to split my attention between listening to or watching it. I actually had it on the TV uh, on the, my projector. Um, between watching this thing and doing a little bit of work stuff and going back and forth with some work people. And that just doesn't work. I, I mean, like I could, no, no, I could no. follow in general, like what topic are they talking about right now? And I made a few little comments on a thing here or there, but it's not the same as actually giving something your undivided attention. No, and, it's just, a, yeah, it's just during the work day and, and I'm with you. It's just, it was just impossible to follow. It just, it just could just couldn't do it. And, and frankly, they they made some very specific choices of like they put the first one on prime time. They did not put these other two in prime time. And they knew that they would get less attention because of it. Um and but still, you know, people would get recaps when they watched the news later and stuff like that, get the exciting parts. And I'm sure they're the last one's probably going to be in prime time again where they sum up everything. Um and I don't know if they're playing on another prime time, another prime time one in between or not. Um, but it does make a difference. Um, I feel like the summary that we gave last week still kind of holds here, which is the bottom line of what they're doing is still taking things that we knew or suspected the general outlines of ever since this originally happened. And that even like stories that we've heard second or third or fourth hand through like, you know, anonymous people saying that this is what happened or whatever. And they're actually having the direct witnesses and people involved say, give the testimony, say this is what happens, give a few more details that we didn't know before. But the key being this is not some off the record leak to some reporter this is the actual principles involved saying this is what happened. Um, and so there, the, the concentrations of the days, I guess um, Monday was all concentrated on um, that. Everybody knew that Donald Trump had lost the election. Um, right. That, that was Monday. That that was, that it was not in doubt. That it was not in doubt. All kinds of people had told him, um, uh, you know, it it was just coming from all sides, you know, you know, because it was basically trying to refute the idea that Donald Trump actually thought he won. And all of this was his sort of legitimate, indignant response to having the election stolen from him because he believed that was what actually happened. And so they basically proved that everybody 
I, well, I should never say everybody except like people like Rudy Giuliani. Right? right. But like all kinds of people who knew what the fuck they were talking about from Bill Barr to the elections number guys to you know, all, all of these folks presented him with all sorts of evidence that look, none, none of these conspiracy conspiracy theories you're coming up with hold any water at all. Right. None of them make sense. There's no evidence to back any of them up. There's evidence to the contrary. This is all bullshit. Okay. That was the theme Monday. The theme Thursday was all about his effort to convince Mike Pence to interfere on January 6th and either reject electoral votes outright or at the very least suspend the proceedings while things were sent back to the states for recertification. Um, and and how you know there was the, this intense pressure on Mike Pence, but meanwhile, he was also being told that this was illegal. And that's right. what Thursday was all about was that, yeah, you know, you've got Eastman or whoever pushing that these are what these are the things we want Mike Pence to do. And here are all of these experts coming in and saying, no, Mike Pence does not have that authority. No, he can't do that. No, that would violate several statutes. No, it's unconstitutional. Um, one of the things that was brought up was that even the guy who was pushing it to Donald Trump, it's it's Eastman, right? Eastman? Right. Eastman. Yes. His lawyer name? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, he was in a conversation with one of these other guys about how this would go to su the Supreme Court. And, and he's like, dude, you know, this would lose nine to zero if it actually, if, if you did this and it got to the Supreme Court, you know that, right? And the, the guy tells the story that Eastman was like, well, maybe we'd only lose seven to two. <laughs> but, then after, but then after talking about it a little bit more, he's like, you're right. We'd lose nine to zero. <laughs> so even the guy pushing it to Donald Trump knew this was no good. It would not hold up. The, su the Supreme Court would throw it out. Um, and he, he didn't even believe his own shit. And they brought evidence that like he'd actually written a paper on the same thing, like a few months before the election that argued the exact opposite position. Right. And, <laughs> and of course part of this is like, he was acting as Donald Trump's lawyer, you know, like, so they even, they told some stories of the timelines where, you know, they were trying to, he had in negotiations with Mike Pence, he'd sort of dropped the, just reject electoral votes outright because Mike Pence was so against that. I said, well, can you just suspend the proceedings and send it back to the States? And he was going with that. But then the next day he comes back and says, no, no, we want you to reject the electoral votes after all. And the implication is that in between he talked to Donald Trump and Donald Trump was like, what the fuck do you mean? Tell him to reject the votes. You know, and, you know, a lot, there, there's still some bits that are implied and dots that aren't fully connected, but it's clear the, the, again, the theme Thursday was simply that all kinds of people around Donald Trump and around Mike Pence, of course, were telling Donald Trump over and over and over again, that the scheme he was trying to do with having Mike Pence intervene in the count 
was not legal, was not constitutional, that they would not get away with it. And he pushed to do it anyway. And I'll add to that, a number of them were telling them that if he tried to do this, there would be violence. And he still pushed it forward. Um, and they also talked quite a bit on Thursday <laughs> about, um, see there, there was a cough. Yvonne coughed. I'm Sorry. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to try to do anything about that. Whatever the automated system does, it might muffle the cough a little bit. I don't know what it's going to do, but I'm not going to do anything on top of that. Anyway, I'll just accept the automation, whatever the automation does. Um, but the they they also talked about how very much in danger Mike Pence was, how the mob got to within 40 feet of him at one point in time, um, how the, and also in terms of the motivation of the mob, they showed all sorts of clips of the, of the people who were sort of on the ground riling with megaphones, riling up the crowd, like reading Donald Trump tweets about this, about saying how Mike Pence fucked us. And so now we need to go get Mike Pence and things like that, that were all, you, you saw how it was all tied together. So you basically see Donald Trump pushing this strategy, even though he was told it was illegal and pushing the strategy, even though he was told that violence might uh, erupt because of it. And again, the, the fact that, you know, he didn't give a shit what was happening to Mike Pence, you know, um, and, and you did get the, you know, okay, Mike Pence did the right thing on a, you know, in, in, under this situation, he, he, did what he needed to do to sort of protect American democracy. A number of people have talked, we've talked on this show, but since the testimony today, people have reiterated, like if Mike Pence had gone the other way on this, we would have been in completely uncharted territory and things could have gone all kinds of ways that would not have been good. Um, you know, the violence that we actually saw on January 6th may have ended up being much worse, not because of oh, the yeah. January 6th, folks. Now you would have got people that thought, that thought it was stolen from Biden right. rising up in various places. Right. And you right. might have gotten those two groups clashing yeah. and you would have uh, somebody called it a constitutional jump ball, because basically if Pence had gone in that day and just started tossing out electoral votes, no, there's no guidance. None of the statutes said what to do in that scenario. The Constitution doesn't say to do what to do in that scenario because Mike Pence would have just like sort of broken all the expectations of what was going to happen. What the what Eastman was counting on is that the Supreme he was like, if it went to the Supreme Court, they'd rule against us nine zero. However, he was hoping that the Supreme Court would actually say, you know, this is a political question. We don't want anything to do with it, in which case, like. The, who who the hell knows? It, again, it would be a constitutional crisis and complete chaos and all kinds of people not knowing what to do. And it, it would have been, you take the mess that actually happened on January 6th and multiply it by 10. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so thank goodness Pence did what he did, but it again shows how vulnerable we were at that moment. Uh, anyway, that's what the, the Thursday one was well, about. I, I really don't think that here, here's, my take is Mike Pence n never seriously considered doing this. Yeah. He was that, trying to, 
to that's one of the things that today's testimony or Thursday's testimony made more clear. Um, at least all the people saying this, uh, all the people who testified were like, he never wavered. He was always this. He was always that. But then you also had these reports from way back about him, like calling Dan Quayle and crap and no, other but, people. But, 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 yeah. but what was he? Yeah. But, 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 but if you remember what he was doing, right. And, and you see how his action unfolded. The calls were more to how the hell to tell this son of a bitch, you know, look, this <laughs> asshole is, it's like, you know what? I've been in this situation. Hey man, what the fuck? This guy is hounding me to do this. I've been mm-hmm. in a situation like yeah. that where I, I'm like, I, 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 I am not planning on doing this. And I'm like trying to just get some comfort and some, or, or what the hell do I tell this guy? You know, and, and, and fortunately the people that he called for the most part, I mean, look, we make all the fun. We went about Dan Quayle or whatever, or, or, or a lot of these folks. Okay. Yeah. Look, Dan Quayle on the phone, you know, as an American first and, you know, whatever the hell later, basically said, dude, it, 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 you can't do any of that. You go in there, you fucking do your job. Right. That's it. Period. Um, I mean, I mean, people pointed out, like, if the vice president had this power, I mean, hell, then Al Gore would have been president and not George right? W. Bush. That's right. Exactly. I mean, Hell yeah. You know, if, if, if honestly this was legit, then there is no reason Al Gore couldn't have been like, fuck this Florida bullshit in 2000. Yep. 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 Florida I'm voted president, for me, baby. And I'm president. I'm president. We're all done here. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that was in the testimony today, too, is even Eastman, who was arguing this about Al Gore, and no, sorry, about Pence doing this was like, well, does that mean that Al Gore could have done this? Does that mean that Kamala Harris could do this next time? And he's like, well, that's different. Oh, it is. I, I, I forget that exact part. That's one of the parts I wasn't playing close attention. But apparently, from what I've heard, he sort of made uh, it was really clear that he was talking about this situationally in this situation right now. As opposed to a general, well, vice presidents can do this whenever the fuck they want. And what's the difference? You know, the hell. I mean, why why am I even trying to come up with a reasonable argument to something that is just completely pulled out of their ass bullshit, which even themselves they know is complete out of their ass bullshit. Right. I, I mean, that's that's one of the themes that came out of this as well. Right. They. They didn't care. Like, you know, somebody, I think it was uh, Barr, it might have been Barr on the Monday testimony who specifically said, you know, and I say he wasn't testifying live on Monday. He was on tape, but um, who said, look, Donald Trump never showed any interest whatsoever in what the actual facts or truth were. Right. Yeah, that's just not that's just not something that mattered to him. Um, and you know, we've said that many times and in, in this scenario, like with what Eastman was doing and such, it it wasn't a matter of like, well, what's the right constitutional principle here? And do you really think that the founders wanted it set up so that the vice president could pick the winner of the presidential election? Exactly. It, it, It was not about that because the obvious answer is of course not. And this is what, yeah, they quoted, even though Mike Pence was not there himself, several of his staff quoted him as saying, like, look, 
There is no way that the founders would vest that power in a single person. That's entirely antithetical to the whole purpose of what they set up the constitution for. It's full of division of power to avoid concentrations of power in single individuals. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. That's, and that's exactly what, you know, they were, they were setting forth. And again, one person can have such a power period. Yeah. And, and of course, the president has accumulated huge amounts of power since then, but completely other story. You know, in this case, it was like Eastman didn't care about that. The, it, the whole point of all of this was to just throw in interference to try to get to the point where somebody could essentially just by sheer will say, you know what? We're going to do it this way and try to get anybody to stop them. Right. Um, so, uh, any, anything else on this? I know they've got, um, the one thing that happened during the hearing today, uh, is news broke that, um, DOJ has once again sent a memo to the committee saying, please, please, please share all your evidence, share transcripts of all your interviews. It is now even more clear than last time we asked a few weeks back that what you're doing overlaps with not just investig- not just ongoing investigations that we're doing, but ongoing prosecutions that we have already undertaken. Please, please, please share the information. Um, and once again, the January 6th committee responded with basically saying, not yet. <laughs> you know, they're basically saying, hey, we're we're continuing our investigation and we're not just going to give all our stuff to DOJ right now. And honestly, this is one of the things where I'm like, I wonder what's really going on there. Because sharing what you've already got shouldn't really hamper you that much on whatever they've still got to do. I I mean, they're not saying no outright, but on the other hand, you know, don't we want DOJ to start digging into some of this stuff they've got? And I, I heard a couple, like last week or something, I heard that there is a plan that sometime like in the late fall when the committee is really done, done, they've submitted their report, whatever, then they'll give their stuff to DOJ. But I feel like I, I, I don't understand what kind of thing is going on and what the real deal is on why they're not just saying, okay, here you go. Let's share, let's do this together or whatever. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I I'm having a hard time understanding what, why they're holding it back. I, I don't, I, I mean, I guess if I'm speculating here, the, there, the committee is still investigating. They still have some people they want to talk to and they're afraid that if they publicly give things to DOJ too soon, no they week. will scare some of those remaining people away who will decide that they can't afford to cooperate after all because maybe DOJ will be after them afterwards. Or a leak. Or a leak. Or Yeah, they're afraid DOJ will leak in ways that the committee has not. Right. Um, Which I, I was thinking originally when I, I, I thought about this, I, I kept thinking... Okay, so they think a leak for some reason. But DOJ has been pretty, they haven't been leaking all that much either. You know? 
No, I get that, but that, I, I mean, I'm trying to just figure out why it is. I'm not saying right. it's a good justification. I'm just saying that it, it, I'm trying. It, that's about one of the ones that just to my head, I'm like, okay, maybe it's because of this, I guess. But uh, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I just I I'm not sure why that is. I can't really properly explain it. And and I feel like they wouldn't just do this arbitrarily because they've been I, I complaining. Right. I mean, in some cases, the committee has, but other people have been complaining too that the DOJ is going too slow. And DOJ is basically standing here saying, we're taking what you're coming up with very seriously. We want to know more so that we can potentially go after some people. Right. And the committee is going like, yeah, maybe we'll share later. Right. And that's weird. Um, I, the, uh, what else? The, the Jenny Thomas stuff keeps coming up. There are a couple of mm-hmm. additional leaks. Uh, I, I, the thing that we found out this week was that she was, uh, exchanging email with Eastman. We don't know the contents of those emails at this point, but we also had a, uh, a report that Eastman at one point told some of his colleagues that he knew that the justices on the Supreme court were debating, what they would do if some of these election challenges came to them, which makes you think, well, was he getting that information from Jenny Thomas, who was talking to Clarence Thomas? Uh, of course, he could he could have communicated directly with Clarence as well. He used to clerk for Clarence Thomas. So it's like mm. these people all know each other. Um, uh, and, and so apparently the the committee had been going back and forth on whether it was worth their time to talk to Jenny Thomas. And after this latest thing, they're like, yes, we, we want to talk to Jenny Thomas. And apparently Jenny Thomas responded with, I am happy to talk to them and clear up any misunderstandings whenever they want. So we'll see. Okay. I keep we'll saying, see. Yvonne, is there anything else? And then I come up with something else and interject. I, I don't have anything else to add. No, not, not, not really. No. Okay. So, uh, I don't know what, what, what's on the table for next week. They seem to be systematically going through the seven steps of the conspiracy or whatever. And again, just like last week, everything's aimed directly at Donald Trump. Um, oh, he, 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 uh, whatever they call the equivalent of a tweet on his truth social thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's been saying, I want equal time. This isn't fair. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. By the way, uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, uh, people that were publishing uh, stuff from January 6th on yep. Truth Social were being banned. Yes. I, I, I thought it was a that. platform for, you know, open discussion. I thought right. they were the, the, you know, they were the kings of that, wasn't it? Something like that. Ah, okay. But, you know, they should call his bluff and say, okay, come testify, Donald. I don't know. You know, the, the, uh, can I be? It, it would be a shit show. Oh, it'd be a God. shit show. No, I mean, would, can you imagine? It would not actually there. help. <laughs> you know? It wouldn't help anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, it would just be a shit show. I mean, you know, the only way to do that is to do it like they've done some of these other people and actually have the interview uh, behind closed doors, not live, videotape it and show the relevant parts and ignore the rest. Or or we just give them about 100 milligrams of Thorazine. Yeah, I, I would like to see Mike Pence directly, though. It's it's kind of weird that his whole staff is cooperating, but he's not. 
uh, when he had such a critical role. I mean, I know why he doesn't want to, but still, come on. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I will say that it would be good directly to hear from her again, but it's very clear his position. What is yes, he, he has spoken publicly what? about this. They've played video of him speaking publicly right. about it. Um, it, it, it would not be like it's ambiguous. Yeah, it very it's clear. not ambiguous. No. Um, anyway. OK, so are we done with January 6th stuff? Yep. We'll we'll uh, there'll undoubtedly be more for next week. Um, okay. So, um, we will, uh, we got plenty of time. I think we're going to do a potpourri round. Potpourri. Yes. Very exciting. So we're going to take another break. This is a wiki of the day break. So I will leave the mics on in case Yvonne wants to react to anything. Uh, if not, that's fine too. And, uh, so, and we'll be back, uh, right after this. Do do do. Hello. This is Emma Neural. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties, popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day, they just pick the articles differently. This week on popular Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Codename, Kids Next Door. Codename, Kids Next Door is an American animated television series created by Tom Warburton credited as Mr. Warburton, for Cartoon Network, and the 13th of the network's cartoon cartoons. The series follows the adventures of a diverse group of five ten-year-old children who operate from a high-tech treehouse, fighting against adult and teen villains with advanced 2 times 4 technology. Using their code names, Numbus 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, they are Sector V, part of a global organization called The Kids Next Door. The series pilot premiered on Cartoon Network in mid-2001 as part of the Big Pick 2, a special broadcast event showcasing 11 pilots for different series. The winner of a viewer's poll by Cartoon Network would decide which pilot would be greenlit to be a full series. After winning the poll, the series premiered on December 6, 2002, and ran until January 21, 2008, with six seasons and 78 episodes. Two television films were broadcast, Operation Z. E. R. O. Which aired in 2006, and Operation I. N. T. E. R. V. I. E. W. S. Which aired as the series finale in 2008. A special half-hour crossover episode with fellow Cartoon Network series, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, aired in 2007. Two video games, Operation S. O. D. A. And Operation V. I. D, E, O, G, A, M, E, were released based on the series. A handful of other Cartoon Network branded games featuring the characters were also released. The series has also seen releases on DVD, both as part of Codename, Kids Next Door and as additions to other Cartoon Network compilation DVDs. That's all there is to it. See? Fun, entertaining, educational. And short. Okay. Now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Kamajan's Corner. Do do do. Do do do. Okay, yeah. I, you know, whatever that cartoon was, I never saw it. Not me neither. Yeah, no idea. Um, you know, um, Alex 
really, really wanted me to uh, do another Apple dream this time. And he had a specific one in mind that he says I promised I would put on this week's show, but what? I have no memory of this promise. It's, it's, it's one of the Apple dreams that involves uh, my younger dog and a bear and some other stuff. Um, I didn't even know which one it was, so I couldn't bring it up. And so he's, he is angry at me for not forcing that Apple dream on here rather than picking randomly like I usually do. So we'll see maybe next week. Oh, the poor thing. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to do, uh, the, the potpourri thing. So, um, why don't you go first? Well, I mean, you wanted to hear crap about the economy, I guess, right? Go for it. It's all going to hell, right? Nah, I'm going to hell. Um, <laughs> I think the main issue that you've got right now is that you've got a lot of conflicting indicators. And the biggest problem that you've got is that inflation is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator. And so people are reacting to the inflation data. Um, just looking at what's already happened and not looking at the forward look forward data. And so we had another inflation report, which, oh my God, it didn't show that inflation is trending down. And I'm like, well, no, because it's not the way it works. And I, and I'm really like still pulling my hair as to, uh, why they expected them to show that like right now, especially when one of the biggest components from it, uh, f- fuel and food have been so impacted by the Ukraine war over the last 90 days. That's just you know, a global reality. Um, so, so you've got that still going on. Uh, there are a whole bunch of leading indicators that are showing that later is going to be, uh, trending down. But I, I think that the one thing that uh, I've, I've gotten into, I even got into an argument with somebody about this the other day to demonstrate uh, how little people are understanding about current inflation trends is this whole thing of trying to blame the economic stimulus uh, for inflation. Um, when I, I was like breaking out all the reasons that you saw inflation over the last two years, I will say that there can be some attribution. I'd say you could maybe like put like 20% on the final stimulus that maybe it was inflationary in some way, but 80% of what happened uh, with inflation right now, uh, nothing to do with any of that. Um, you know, it, it, it all the factors, the, the, the number one factor uh, was, A, that there was a massive shift of spending by people from services to goods. And there just was no way that our goods-producing economy could handle that impact and how much money was shifted over to goods. Um, I, I just heard some guy today this morning saying that he went to buy a new car. A car, a car that's a hot car in demand. And mm-hmm. that the dealer was asking him, I believe that the car that he bought was in the range of $80,000. The dealer 
just out front threw at him, oh, people are paying a $75,000 premium for that car. And I'm like, what? I mean, we're talking an $80,000 car. People, they said, now. So we're basically I, doubling the price. Almost, yeah. On a, on uh, a, ver- on, on a very expensive. On a Cadillac. Yeah, like, like, yes, an expensive car, not like a budget car. Yeah, but but still, I've heard the same markups happening and a whole bunch of other, uh, 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 a bunch of others. And so, you know, the big problem with the with goods is that uh, there, there are shortages based on the fact, COVID, based on the fact that supply chains got disrupted, based on shipping rates going through the roof, based on the chip shortage. Um, and so, you know, one of the things is like, well, talking to somebody, a friend of mine who's from Argentina, and the one thing is like, well, you know, you're throwing all this money out there, you're causing inflation. And I'm like, look, inflation, ha- price price increases happen for two reasons, okay? Either are you either you can have just a demand side shock, but, but you have really also a supply side shock here where you're, there just are more dollars that were transferred from services to goods Chasing less goods. And damn it, if anybody went to Econ 101, this is basic supply and demand. It's just nothing else than that. Um, oh, there's just, it's just, I mean, when you've got that many dollars that want to buy a car, a refrigerator, or whatever, when I, I heard, you know, going to the office this week gave me this insight to multiple people telling me how they were having difficulty buying a car uh and so well these people have jobs they have money so mm-hmm. if they really the car what are they gonna do they're gonna bid up the damn price that's what they're gonna do and then well it's gouging no it's fucking supply and demand people that's what happens you know i really get sometimes this whole thing that pisses me off with all these people that they talk about how, well, we want a fair economy. Well, we like capitalism. Well, we like, you know, free markets or whatever. And then whenever a free market works the way it's supposed to work, then people are all pissed off. I mean, just angry about it. Uh, right. You know, I understand not being happy about the fact that prices of things are going up, but it's like, well, it's rigged. Well, it's whatever. No, it's. Fucking Econ 101, people. I mean, what the hell you want? I mean, it's just, you know, the way it works. I mean, we can go back and try to do regulated markets. But look, historically, regulated markets also cause shortages. Because you, you know, I, I hear a lot of these people basically like the thought process is companies should reduce their margin in order to keep the price the same. Right. And, you know, and, and go down to, you know, however low it needs to go to keep the price stable. Right. And I guess they're thinking they should do this out of like the generosity of their hearts and say that like, hey, you know, y- y- all of my inputs are more expensive. And so, but, you know, okay. I but, can but cut my margin from 30% to 10% and keep the price the same. So I might as well. When and you start simply allocating stuff. Based on, oh, we want everybody to get there. So you go back to be just being a communist society. And you, listen, communism showed you that the allocation of goods to demand 
was horrible. What I wound up doing all the time was causing shortages and people waiting forever for basic goods. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's the that, that's been the over and over and over demonstration of that kind of a planned economy and what the net result is. Now, you say, okay, great, but then poor people can't afford it. So what do we do? Well, people need to stop saying that the fucking stimulus is what caused the, uh, 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 the, the, caused the inflation because that's not the case. And maybe, yes, throwing a bigger stimulus on top, and I, I did argue this, that Manchin wasn't wrong multiple times last year, that it may not be a good idea and timing to throw that additional stimulus right now, given inflation pre- pressures were. And by the way, Manchin has been proven to be right. You know, I don't care what everybody's arguing, but he he was right about that. But what you could do is that you could go back and do some simple things that help people, especially at the lower end of the income scale, to help them with money so they can, you know, battle with these situations. Okay, it's you need to do something targeted to help people that can't afford, you know, to work from home and need to go and pay five dollars a gallon. You know, you know, that's what I think that needs to happen more than that. It's just some targeted programs instead of just you know, during the pandemic, because so many people weren't employed. We we're just helicoptering money from the sky. OK, mm-hmm. uh, to everybody. OK, I mean, hell, even I got some damn checks, the ones for the child tax credit, which I'm sure they're going to take back from me, you know, but yeah. but anyway, but I shouldn't have been getting those. You know, I shouldn't have been getting those. They really needed to go to the people that really needed them, you know, and, and I'm talking about by, based on uh, adjusted, you know, the gross income. And well, unfortunately, probably Donald Trump would have gotten some because, you know, he claims zero income. But, you know, to most of the people who would have gotten the right the the, the, the right folks. Um, well, that, also there, you, you have to figure out a better way to get like people who don't even file and stuff like that. But right. those are logistical issues. Uh, I, I, they, I see. They, by the way, they did have a, a, a simple web form for people. Yeah, I know people yeah. don't file for to, you to be able to go in and get the money. Okay. By the way. So they, they did have that. But I'm anyway, sorry, like with, with, with all of this. Um, so your basic take is. What the the inflation concerns are misplaced? Where is it? Like I, I, I there was think, a, no, no, no. The problem, the inflation expectations on where it is headed. Okay, because mm-hmm. the thing is that people keep talking. Well, inflation continues unabated, and the truth is that there is that's it, it, that's not true. Okay, at all. There's a couple of things that are happening right now. One is look what the Fed has done with the interest rates. Okay, it's dampening demand in a lot of places. Okay. I mean, look, mortgage demand has collapsed, okay? Uh, I'm really worried about what the hell they're going to do with all these new houses that they're building right now. I got to be honest with you. And when, when uh, you know, rates are all of a sudden double, okay, literally. Hmm. Um, and that's, that's something that is happening right now and that is putting a break on demand. And what I'm saying is that people are like, freaking out about the current inflation numbers, but not looking at the fact that uh, a lot of the leading indicators for inflation are pointing that inflation is going to come down and are just looking at it rear, you know, 
rearward and then freaking out every time that a new inflation number comes out. Um, and also, you know, we've had the issue with the damn war. Um, and that's not stopped like right now. And that's not resolved at this point. But at some point, I, I have to believe that um, a combination of lower demand, a stronger dollar, the, the interest rates that are right now, will will get the effect that we are looking at in terms of inflation and uh, of lowering commodity prices uh, at some point. Um, because it's just the way shit works, I mean, at this point. Uh, I, I'm assuming that at some point, um, you know, energy markets like reallocate, uh, but they take some time to do that. And it will take some time, but I, I'm going to guess that by, I mean, my estimation is by sometime by next year. I mean, the, these sky high fuel prices will come down because they always drive down demand. Demand, you know, people don't just keep, you know, buying gasoline at the same rate when, you know, fuel prices go up. They they will carpool. They will find well, ways to spend less. They will just, they will do it. And that that's one of the things that I've heard people saying. They're not seeing that yet. Like the passenger. Hell, mi- I the- saw people today, you know, this week doing it. Okay. I mean, all, all, all I was saying is I hear, I've heard commentary saying that the um, people are not yet en masse changing their behavior to react to those prices. It's only been a couple of months, but look, I, they can't yeah. afford to continue to do this. I got a friend of mine who has an, a Ford F-150 pickup. The other day he told me that to fill up the fucking thing, and it wasn't even empty completely, was $150. Right. Look, people can't afford to keep putting, you know, fucking filling up trucks to drive only about three, 400 miles, 150 bucks a pop. Right. They can't do it. So... At some and, point, and, they're going to have to say, "Well, I got to, I got to give up something." Yeah, this is the kind of thing that it, it takes some time is the problem. But like when the prices go up high enough, you start seeing people carpooling, you start people choosing to drive less, take more public transportation, and longer term, swap out to more more energy efficient cars um, or trucks or whatever. Um, but these behavioral changes take a while, and what we found as well is that you know. Once prices get cheap again, they start swinging back in the other direction. Um, who knows well, if that'll repeat this time. Depends on how long, how long the shock takes. Look, I saw from the eighties, the shock, uh, you know, on, on, on that kind of demand lasted a long time. It lasted well over a decade. Um, the shock after we had gas go up in 2008, 2010, probably, Lasted for about four, five, six years. Okay, um, and you can see it. I, I said the the great indicator was the Chevy Cruze. Mm. And you're like, what? Well, yeah. the Chevy Cruze was a relatively small GM car. That in the years that uh, fuel prices in the U.S. in 2008, 2012 were, were you know were high, it sold like you know it sold like gangbusters. And then a couple of years after gas prices returned back down, well, demand for that car like plummeted to the point where mm-hmm. Chevy stopped selling the car in the U.S. Right. And 
and so that's my kind of indicator, you know, so that was like a five year, um, you know, uh, you know, period five, six years. So I will expect that if we continue through the rest of this year where, you know, prices, I, I, I mean, I think that with more supply, they're not going to stay at like $5. They'll go back down to like four or something or whatever, but you know, you know, or, or in the high threes, but still there'll be high enough that people will be like, well, we got to get something cheaper. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, we got to do something. So let, let me, let me, let me pivot slightly. Um, there were Fox news did some polling this week. Um, and just to remind people, I say Fox nudes, new Fox nudes, uh, nudes? Fox news. Yeah, I'm sure that there is a website called that. I mean, I'm uh, sure is there, there is. I'm sure is there is there? Fox news did some polling. And just to remind people as much shit as we give Fox news, the organization and all this, their polling is actually not like bad. a legit polling organization. It's, it's like, it's not like, oh, it's Fox. You can ignore everything they say. Uh, they, this poll, first of all, they asked. For voters, what is the most important issue when you're thinking about voting for Congress? Inflation. 41% said inflation. Yeah. yeah. The, the next thing down was guns, way down at 12%. Yeah. Then abortion at 10%, the border at 7 and going all down, like foreign policy. No, it's, you know, it's 1% like, for fo- foreign policy. Yeah, fuck foreign policy, exactly. Voting, like, you know, voting rights, election integrity, all 4%, economy, you know. It, James Carville's right. It's the economy, stupid. And, and and this, and so, and this is, you know, to me, like if, if you did this list for me, I would come up with a completely different order. You know, this, this does not look like what I would think the most important issues are, but 41% I, I, I say, for inflation. I, 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 I mean, my, my main concern would be, uh, uh, people's rights and, uh, uh you know, and, and just, <laughs> integrity of our electoral system. Yeah. I mean, my, like my, right now, like I, at this point, frankly, I'd be like the Republicans are fascists. The only issue I care about is keep them out of power. Done. Well, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's a good place to start. Yeah. You know, and, and like all of these other issues end up like, you know, abortion, guns, border security, all of these roll up into that one thing, right? Um, so that that's sort of how I would put it. But yeah, the election integrity stuff, voting rights, I, I, and I'd I'd put foreign policy fairly high up there too. What what's going on with Russia and Ukraine is well, the actually problem very is, important. You know, well, but, and it's very relevant to fucking inflation too. Right. But the the point is though, I'm not a typical voter. I know right. this. Yeah. You know, you're not either. No. And no. like for most people, like, and you know, this is something that I have to keep reminding myself of. Most people do not pay attention to this stuff on a day-to-day basis. They're not news junkies that are watching it all the time. And when they think about things, it's like, what is affecting me right now that I notice? And that ends up being significant. And, and certainly there are some people that are more or less attuned to certain issues. There are a bunch of people who are single issue voters on one thing or another, but the vast majority of people out there do not pay attention on a regular basis. And in the end, it really ends up coming down to, you know, and Ronald Reagan put this very well 
are you better off than you were four years ago? Right. It's that kind of thing where like in the end it comes down to, am I happy with the direction my personal life is going? And if the answer is yes, then maybe I'll give whoever's in charge more time. If the answer is no, throw the bums out. Right. And, and that, that's it. Cause then the, the next question they asked, right. Since inflation was the number one issue, they also asked, what do you think, and this is specifically on gas prices, what contributes the most to gas prices? 50% Joe Biden and his policies. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's, you know, why, why are you paying more money at the price at the pumps? 50% it's Joe Biden's policies. That seems, that seems very, you know, but, but that one seems to be just clearly just. A Dem Republican split. It, 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 there's probably a big part of that. Yes. I mean, when, um, you, when you tell me that, I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just Joe Biden. Joe Biden. That's the, it. Well, the, Joe the way Biden the, the way Joe the way Biden it, it, made he, oil. Hey guys, yo, um, yeah, those gas prices. Yeah, yeah, pop them up. Yeah. Let le, yeah. le, let me let me let me read exactly what it says on the little picture here so that you get the exact wording. It's contributing more to current gas prices. 50% Biden slash policies, 32% Putin slash war, 13% both. That's the whole thing. It just seems dumb. Well, and and this is again, like it it, it relates to the same, like most people aren't going to dive into the details. No, they have they, no fuck. They don't give a shit about the details. They're not going to take this, the time to learn. They don't to care. The messaging thing and like what the hell to do about it, right? Um, you know, uh, it, and it's it, it goes back to this whole thing. And, and you remember how I mentioned I think a couple of weeks ago about those stickers that people yes, yes. were putting on get I mean, I'm telling you that that shit under Republicans has been fucking effective. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, you don't that that helps, but the whole, it's the economy, stupid. It's the whatever, like so much of it just really boils down to most people are going to just be like, do I like how things are going? If yes, sure. Whoever's in charge can stay in charge. If no, kick them out. And all of the detail that we start talking about, well, the president isn't really in charge of that or yeah, but the filibuster or yeah, but this, and, but here's how government, they don't don't know. They don't care. If you tell them, they still don't care. And I'm not necessarily, you know, people talk about how, you know, Democrats and liberals are sort of condescending to the non-college educated and that, yes, there is truth to that. I'm not not necessarily saying these people are stupid, although some of them are, but I, I am saying, no, I'm saying that they don't go into the details of a lot of this stuff. They they are busy. There are so many people who are so busy living their lives. This stuff is background noise at best. Mm -hmm. They're going to hear little bits and pieces that they might or might not absorb because that's just not where their focus is. They don't give a shit. Once every once in a while, they'll be asked to vote and they'll vote, you know? Well, when I was mentioning it earlier, I wasn't even referring to the voters. I, you know, I, I usually, uh, you know, I, my morning is consumed by, in large part, me watching a lot of people who, uh, you know, 
basically analyze this stuff and like provide policy opinions for different banks, different organizations and so mm -hmm. forth. I mean, basically, you know, these people are supposed to be the people analyzing this and, you know, providing, you know, uh, guidance for people to understand what's going on. So these people are supposed to be a, a chunk of them experts. And, and there's a number of experts that, that, uh, you know, are looking at the data and understand what I am seeing. But there's a whole bunch of them that maybe they're just market analysts and they're not looking under the covers of what the hell's driving inflation. And those people are just like, they're looking at the headline inflation data. They don't understand what the hell's in it. And maybe because also I lived um, as having to, to be someone that moved goods uh, internationally all the time where I saw the sources of this before was hitting prices. And mm. I knew that we were going to have an effect because I could see what was happening. And I knew it's got nothing to do with whatever the fuck Joe Biden's policies had been. And, you know, I was seeing those indications in 2020 and they were very concerning to me. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's a part of it that, you know, I have the business. My wife was asking the other day, uh, what's my skill in business? I'm like, well, here's the thing about it. I'm kind of like a Swiss Army knife of business, okay? <laughs> I, I am not one that right now uh, is deep in the trenches in finance or is super deep into the trenches of supply chain. But the one thing is that I have regularly interacted with significant components of it that I know more than the average bear on this shit, okay? Because I, sh you know, I've shipped goods internationally. I move money around. I do these international transactions. So I know what the hell is going on uh, about it. I, I mean, you know, so, so, and, and I think that's the difference between my perspective where I could see it from both the practical application of, hey, I'm seeing that factories in China can't get goods out right now as quick as they can. Their ports are congested. The the damn containers are sky high. And even when they deliver something right now, it's delivered late. Okay. It's okay. not getting there in time. And I'm seeing demand on the other end where customers are fucking, you know, going crazy trying to get stuff and then placing double, triple orders and then raising the prices. And I'm seeing how you've got desperation on one end with problems on the other end. And you could see how that was going to be inflationary. There's just no way around it. It's just it's just simple supply and demand. Because some people are going to say, fuck it, I'll pay more. Get me air freight. Fuck it. Well, air freight goes from making it where we used to pay $3,000 for a shipment, then it costs $50,000 for a shipment. Well, mm. that money's got to be paid out of somewhere. I mean, there's no free lunch. So... I think that's, you know, that's the thing. And what I what I see a lot of people, market analysts, talking about it is, you know, they're looking at stock prices, stuff or whatever. They have no fucking clue what the hell was going on with this stuff down in the trenches with this stuff. And so I, I do see that a lot of that pressure is abated because uh, inventories are up, uh, because shipping prices are going down again. Uh, and because of what the Fed did, look, I'm telling you right now, mortgage demand 
is crashed. It's crashed. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely going to put a damper on people, you know, buying stuff. Now, there's a lot of people that went into contracts to purchase shit to get it delivered over the next few months. But people at some point are going to start saying, fuck, no, we don't want delivery of this shit. Now, what are you going to do? And there are already some retail stores that said that that was happening. Target was one of them. Target said that they ordered all this inventory, expectation of all the stuff that people are buying, and that all of a sudden right now, they're having to slash prices on a whole bunch of stuff because they're overstuffed with inventory. And so I'm like, oh boy, here it goes. Um, So I, I, I really believe that in a whole bunch of industries, that's going to start happening at some point. It, I mean, that's going to start happening at some point during this year, not not three years from now. Uh, you're going to see more and more of this. So I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's uh, that's my my two bits on this. I we okay try to okay. to do something. Else. So I, I think we're only going to do one each in this segment rather than two. Okay, each, all right. Since yeah. this has gone on a while, we're terrible. So, I, I will do one, and I've been going yeah. back and forth on a variety of things. Um, but I think it's worth, and and I don't know, I don't know that we have like to talk about this for half an hour or anything, but it's been a while since we've talked directly about Ukraine. So I thought I'd bring it up and talk about a few things. Um, there've been, first of all, the situation on the ground, uh, lately it looks like the Russians have been able to actually make some progress on the, in Eastern Ukraine, uh, taking over more of the territories that they'd said was their primary objective when this whole thing started. Right. Um, the Ukrainians are putting up stiff resistance, but aren't able that, but the Russians have been moving forward and capturing more territory, uh, as the last few weeks have gone on. Uh, there've been a couple articles out there about how, all of the aid that the West has promised is coming, but it's coming very slowly. Um, and the Ukrainians feel like it needs to be faster. They're, they're just not keeping up. Um, there have been talks about how both both the Russians and the Ukrainians are sustaining heavy losses in both equipment and personnel every day, every week. Um, however, uh, in this particular phase of things, the Russians have been able to replenish faster than the Ukrainians have um, for, in, in terms of both people and equipment. Well, you can't really replenish the people. They're dead, but you can bring in fresh people if you've got them. Um, and, and so basically the Ukrainians have been uh, raising their hands saying we need, we need, we need even more help and we need it to be coming faster. Like we appreciate that you've promised X, Y, Z, but, you know, it's coming way too slowly, et cetera. And then you've had some conversations uh, on the West. Uh, you know, there were some comments that the French president made. There were a few think tanks over here in the U.S. Uh, basically saying, you know, look, at some point, we may just have to acknowledge that the idea of the Ukrainians fully pushing the Russians back to their pre-invasion positions back to before where they were before February may not be realistic. And you may have to have the Ukrainians uh, do some land for peace deal here. Um, and there's the question of sort of when is like at various points, the U S has taken the stance that, you know, we're not going to 
pressure the Ukrainians on that. That is their decision. They will decide when to negotiate on what. Uh, but then you've had sort of an increasing amount of pressure these last couple of weeks from various people saying, you know what, at some point Zelensky is going to have to soften his position because it's just not realistic that they're actually going to be able to push the Russians all the way back out. So where do you give? And so what are your recent thoughts on this? That's that's sort of my summary of the discussion I've heard over the last couple of weeks. I, I think that uh, one thing is about how Russia is being able to do what they are doing right now. Look, you got to remember that Russia went and reduced where they were fighting by 80, 90 percent. Yeah. OK, they just, you know, they realized, well, we suck literally, and we're just going to be able to just fight this one front. That's it. Okay. Um, and so they, so they reduced, you know, they're fighting to a very narrow area specifically, uh, which is, by the way, I think what most people originally, when the Russians invaded, that's what is the thought of what they were going to do when they were going to invade, but then they went on this whole thing. Well, we're going to take over the whole Ukraine and that didn't work out all too well. And so now they went back to what everybody before this thought was about the only thing that may have been achievable. Okay. Um, but, but the thing is that as much as people are saying, well, the Russians have been able to replenish and re look, the Russians basically have been, spending a ton of ordnance and stuff in order to be able to do this. The, the amount of material and people that they've had to throw at this in order to make this uh, small gain in relative terms in, in, in Eastern Ukraine, where they had already had, you know, invaded Ukraine well pa in the past it is, Long, is, is, long before February of this year, like long before been February for, for yeah. years and years. Right. Um, not, a, you know, that's quite a lot of expenditure for such a tiny game. Uh, they really, uh, have, they used up, it seems almost all their stores of advanced missiles. Uh, they aren't shooting them, not because they're saving them. They ran out. And they mm. can't replenish those because a lot of the technology they needed for that is sanctioned technology. They can't get all the components to make those damn things again. Okay. So all those fucking missiles that they had, they were also advanced or whatever. That's why you don't see any of them flying anymore. So what they've resorted is to, you know, dumb weapons like right now, which they had substantial supplies of those, but even at the rate that they are going using these in order to capture territory. They're firing 50,000 shells a day. I was seeing last week. It's an insane amount for the amount of territory that they're trying to capture. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they can't sustain that indefinitely either. Okay. Yeah, I think that, I think the question at this point, I think everybody re realizes none of these are sustainable indefinitely, but there's the question of sort of who runs out first. Well, the, well, the thing is that you can probably drag this out for a long time. The, the The question is, when the fuck does Putin finally say, 
okay, let me sit down and have a serious conversation to end this. Because the problem is any conversation we've had up until now before has not been a serious conversation. Well, so and, but, you but can part- say that you want to sue for peace all you want and whatever, okay? A lot of people in the West have been talking about that. Let's be clear, Putin has been serious about this either. So what the hell is the point? Well, and, and the point the point that a lot of people have brought up though is like how could the Ukrainians possibly trust any agreement that comes out of this? Exactly. Because they, because they had an agreement a few years back. Right. Know, that Russia said they wouldn't do this. They just did. Right. Um and and they've been so extremely brutal in the areas they've taken that the notion of saying, "Oh, okay, fine, you can have those two areas." After you know, all the brutality that they've they've inflicted is 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 now is crazy. Effectively, they're getting to the area where they've sort of they've destroyed these areas so much that there's not much left. But okay. also, I saw some reports this week about Russians are starting, and th- this is like an old playbook, right? They're they're starting to bring in some of the soldiers' families to take over houses that Ukrainians abandoned to flee the area and start like colonizing the area and bringing in some of their own people and stuff like this. And this is how you create sort of the facts on the ground that if you stick with it a few years, then it's like, well, you're going to kick these people out of their homes, you know? Um, And, and and so uh, it's a mess, but I, you know, you say, you know, well, Putin has to be serious about sitting down to, to negotiate too. Right. But like you, you have to have a position where Zelensky is going to have something that he can talk about too. Like right now there's no overlap, right? Because Zelensky's position is the Russians have to leave Ukraine, all of Ukraine, including Crimea, you know, like not just go back to before February, but go back to a decade ago. Right. Um, And that's something that Putin is like, not going to agree to. And if Putin comes in and says, okay, let's just, Let's just take the current line of control and say, let's cease fire. And that's the new status quo. Zelensky is not accepting that. Yeah, the, the, there's not currently an overlap. So some, some, both sides potentially would have to give a lot right now. And I think the question the West has is like, we're, we're in kind of a position right now where the West has said, we want to support the Ukrainians. We want to support the Ukrainians. We want to support the Ukrainians. And we're giving them a lot, but we're not actually giving them a lot. Then uh, we're not actually giving them enough to do what Zelensky says he wants to do in terms of drive the Russians completely out of the country. Totally. Um, I think a big part is also the gap of a lot of weapons that are arriving are complex and many of the troops that are there just aren't, don't have the skill set yet to be able to use them effectively as well. And so it creates a big problem where well, for, for, you're sending that, all of this that, stuff. That, that, might, and, that might be part of it. From what I'm hearing, the, the training ramp is significant, but they're able to do it fairly well. The bigger problem is simply like, you know, Country X promises that they'll give 800 of weapon system, whatever. You've only gotten 30 of them. And you've only gotten 30 so far. And they're not on a pace to speed that up very much. And they're like, sort of, we'll give you 800 over the course of the next four years. Whereas what they need is 800 over the course of the next four weeks. Yeah. But uh, look, it's very hard for me to tell somebody like, 
the Ukrainians right now after the brutality that's been inflicted on them and just say, yeah, fine, just, you know, give it up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do and I understand why they want more weapons. And, then, and look, there is today a series of uh, leaders from the EU visited, um, visited Ukraine um today met with Zelensky uh I mean you had France Germany and Italy there today um and so I I I, look given the brutality that the Russians have been inflicting I understand why they don't want to just give up on retaking that territory because it's a playbook that we know from the Russians from the past you know jail murder you know, brutalize the local population. And I know that we're saying, you know, we're thinking from our perspective, it's kind of like the same things when we're talking about all this shit with the, with the, with the lunatic uh, Republicans and the QAnon folks. It's like, why are we trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense? There, There is no sensical argument that I can sit down right now with, with fucking Putin and like make some kind of a deal when the man is, the guy is just not open to anything that would be like that at this point. What, what mm-hmm. do you, you know, that, that there isn't any reasonable thing to talk about. I mean, he talks about his own alternate reality, how Ukraine isn't really a country. Right. So you started off with that. So, um, I, 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 you know, I, I just see a number of reports also as well that, um, I mean, Russia is struggling still also with getting troops. They may be bringing some troops to the, to the field, but I look there, there are going to be as more time on these sanctions happens because especially the Chinese have been trying to play both sides to a certain extent. Because, yeah, they're backing Russia, but they also, we found that they have been absolutely reluctant at doing stuff that openly just uh, just flaunts uh, sanctions on them. In terms of, uh, hey, if they've got Boeing parts, for example, they're not going to sell them to fucking Russia. Okay? So, you know, they've got a situation right now where there is a lot of uh, things that over, as months elapse, things are going to get far more difficult from the Russians than they have really calculated for at this point. And I, what I will say is that as long as the Ukrainians uh, want to fight and they aren't just getting crushed, I, I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt to do what they believe is best for their country right, right now. because. We know that they are dealing with a murderous bunch of thugs. That's just the reality. Yep. And, and as usual, there's not much more to say other than I guess we'll keep watching and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, I mean, I, I want it to come to an end as quickly as possible. But at the same time, I feel like sort of, like you said, pressuring the Ukrainians to just say, okay, fine, you can keep the territory you just took, doesn't seem like the right answer either. No. Um, 
And I, I feel like the, the people who are in the best position to determine the right thing to do are the people on the ground there. Um, and I, I, you know, there, there are all kinds of motions involved in well as well. And if, if you're just trying to minimize the number of deaths, there's maybe one thing to do. And I, I'm very sympathetic to that, but at the same time, you got to think about long-term precedent for these things. You got to think about, well, you know, if, if you allow, you know, effectively that's what they did in uh, Crimea uh, back then was, okay, fine. They got Crimea. We're not, we're not actually going to actively try to do anything to take it back. Uh, and then uh, a number of years later, they just push further. You yeah. Know? And it, if you, it was never enough. And if you, if you just sort of said, okay, fine, let's draw the borders where they are now and just shake our hands, say everything's good. How can you actually believe that there's not going to be another push in five years? You know? Um, so I don't know. I, 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 we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's the end, Yvonne. Yep. So uh, here we go with our usual routine for the end. You can go to our website, curmudgeons-corner.com and look at our arc. Yeah. Look at our archive of old episodes. I don't know why you'd want to listen to an old episode, but if you do, you can go back all the way to the beginning of this podcast. Uh, Well, at least the podcast version of this show, not our old college show. That's not online, unfortunately. No, but uh, maybe go look at maybe someday you can look at our archive. You can see all the ways to contact us, email, Facebook, Twitter, all of that kind of stuff. And of course, our Patreon is there. Uh, if you donate to our Patreon, you can uh, give it a little money to help with the show. Uh, and at various levels, we'll we'll mention you on the show. We'll send you a postcard. We'll send you a mug, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. And at $2 a month or more, or if you just contact us in any of the other ways and ask nicely, we will invite you to our Commudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and a variety of listeners are talking about the news of the day, sharing links, and just bullshitting on whatever comes up. Uh, so, Yvonne, what were the top three things we talked about on the Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show? Uh, crap. I think I shared a Wordle in the wrong place. That's one. Oh thing no. <gasps> oh my God. I think I'll, I, I think you, I'm going to get, I'm going to get crushed. Okay. You, you are. Uh, okay. We, we do uh, have a Wordle channel where some people are still sharing their Wordle. Sc- yeah. Score, you aren't scores. Yeah. You see what happened there was like, we, we got behind and, he, and Alex and I were setting our clocks back to get the old Wordles. And there was something that he wanted to get done before he did the next Wordle. Then he got sick and he didn't do the other thing. And then before you knew it, we were a month behind on Wordle. And then we're like, and he hasn't wanted to go back since. So, and I, I was doing it with him every day. So that's why we haven't Wordled in a long time. We have been doing some of other like Wordle-like daily challenges on other things, but I haven't really been sharing those. Yeah, and we yeah, don't do yeah, them every day. You're so. terrible. I know. Awful. God awful. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, uh, 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 we, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I have stumped Yvonne. Oh, the Google engineer who went and was thinking that the company's <laughs> AI has come to life. Yes. Uh, it's just, so here, no. here's the thing. The, the, if you read the transcripts, they're very, very convincing. This technology has gotten much, much better. And they, you know, 
it does seem like it's alive and it's talking about it, but people have pointed out a number of things. One, he is specifically asking it questions on this topic. You're not right. seeing a generalized conversation. It's picking. It's hey, able, how about the next game? Well, no, it, it can do those too. But the thing is, it's not spontaneously bringing this up. It's It's got access to a whole database of other times it, that, things have been asked that question, including fiction where people talk to AIs about this kind of stuff. And, and so one thing is this technology is getting much, much better. That's the one thing I'll take out of this is regardless of whether this AI is actually sentient, this technology is improving very, very rapidly. And it's very easy to produce these conversations that are very convincing. Um, but he, he picked and chose he picked and choosed. Uh, he, he, he was very careful about what he shared in sort of this example conversation. And from what I've heard, all of the other sort of internal Google experts and other things that have talked to this thing is, have said that if you look at it more generally, you can, you can easily find places where it's clear. It's just pulling stuff from places and repeating things and putting t- things together. And it, the, the, Again, these technologies are much, much better than they used to, but the thing's probably not sentient yet. The other thing that I'll mention on this before I let you get to your number two was I found that there there were some people like complaining that the coverage of this in the Washington Post and later the New York Times was very much sort of moral panic about the AI. And and when I read the article, I didn't feel like that way at all because it, it, it no, people were it talking wasn't. about. People were talking about like, oh my God, it's this thing where, you know, every, you know, they're, they're Skynet, Skynet, it's going to take over the world. It's going to kill all the humans and all that kind of stuff. I was of the thing of like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And if it was sentient, that would be even cooler. This is actually awesome. Whereas like all the coverage I was seeing all kinds of people complaining about was like, you know, this sort of presenting it as sort of this dread of the computers. And I was like excited for it and disappointed when it sounded like, okay, it's not really there quite yet. But the other thing I would say though, is that it, it it's, this technology is improving dramatically. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it, 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 it may still be quite a long time, but it's still only a matter of time until these things get good enough where this is a real question. Now, the the other thing is like they say like things like the article was like somewhat frustrating to me because they said like well all it's doing is taking examples that it's seen and resynthesizing and I'm like what the fuck do you think humans do they do that too yeah like, basically yeah and, and, and like you know I can't prove that you're sentient Yvonne like I don't know what's really going inside your head and you're not like a complicated program you can't you know, so no so like at a certain point. It has to really be like, if it acts sentient, you have to treat it as if it is, regardless of what's going on inside. And we may not be quite there yet, but at some point, and it's probably not actually going to be in my lifetime as long as I I, I wish it was, but it's probably going to be further out than that. But at some point, it's just a matter of time until computers really are, or at least they're so close to it that it doesn't matter. You you really need to treat them that way, but. Look, I, I think uh, I almost picked this as my 
topic in the last one, by the way. Oh, so, okay. But okay. we don't have to keep going. The well, intention, yeah. Well, Make your last well, point and then move on. My, my, my only point is that, I mean, also you have to define what you mean by essentially, but yes, you know, but, but that, that, that's neither here or there, whatever. It, it's still, it's, this is, it's, it's cool, but it's not, you know, what, what the guy thinks it is, but, but they anyway. are getting better rapidly. Well, they are getting incredibly better. Okay. So next, um, 1,100 Coinbase employees learned that they were losing their jobs when they were locked out of their work emails. CEO Brian Armstrong said it was insured, not even a single person. Oh, sorry. Oh, nice, nice. Made a rash decision that harmed the business. I mean, what the hell? What the fuck is wrong with these assholes? What planet do these guys live in? Anyway. Wow. They are like, you know, it only takes one of these people taking revenge by like emptying out somebody's like account or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that you can lock out, listen, you can lock out people from like the account systems and whatever. Without locking their email. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, and well, last... I, I, I just say, yeah. you know, part of this is, of course, related to the overall collapse in crypto. And so companies that are basing a significant amount of their business on crypto and crypto activity are also seeing significant negative effects. And Coinbase is just one of them. So they're, you I mean, they're just, it's, it's like a significant portion of their employee base. Yeah. I mean, they're getting just crushed. I mean, the crypto, yeah, I didn't even get into that. Um, yeah. Okay. Next and last. Next and last, um, uh, oh God, one more. We need one more. Oh, yes. Trump's Air Force One paint scheme is. We talked about that last week. Was that, did I go all the way back to last week? Yes, we talked about that last week. But yes, it's good. We got the good Air Force One paint shop back. Colors are back. Fuck Trump Force One. Um, uh, okay, they, they, well, China detects possible extraterrestrial civilizations. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is another thing like the sentient AI. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. I mean, th- this headline was all about That's China cool. detects aliens. But if you actually even read the article that that was the headline on, the scientist in charge said, yeah, there's a really good chance it was just interference. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I certainly believe like there is probably life out there. there I, I agree. The, I, I don't, 100% the, the, agree. The, the universe is so big. There's so much stuff. There's got to be. There's, there's got to be. be. There's we, gotta. we cannot possibly be the only ones. However, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And so far, bupkis. And there are all kinds of reasons why, even if there's life out there, it may be way too far away for us to detect. There are all kinds of things where, you know, there there are people who study this for their whole lives, um, and you know that the the people who do space science of various sorts always say, like, that, that every few months there's some report that some weird astronomical thing was detected, and it might be aliens. And all the science people come on and say, it's never aliens it's never aliens hasn't been so far unfortunately i mean it would be cool if it was it it would be cool and who knows maybe the chinese actually pick something up but like i said even the guy the stupid scientist on it is like yeah it's probably not aliens yeah it's probably just interference yeah that's it 
I'm done. Okay, that's it. Yay. Hey, everybody. Uh, as usual, have a... Oh, Siri wants to talk. Again? Oh, no. Siri went away. Never mind. Hey, uh, <laughs> everybody. Ha have a nice week. Stay safe. All that stuff. All that stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>